Hi, and welcome to Serious About Sustainability, the podcast series brought to you by Mitsubishi Electric Ikadan Air Source Heat Pump. I'm Max Halliwell from Mitsubishi Electric, and this is a series of podcasts all about renewable home heating. We'll be covering a range of topics from the perspective of UK homeowners, self-builders, contractors, and housing associations. Our show today is called New Build Homes, the future of home heating in the UK. I'm very pleased to welcome my guest, George Clark, architect and Ecodan ambassador. Welcome, George. Great to see you again. Nice to see you, Max. How's life? Yeah. Okay. Strange times. Very strange very, times. Very strange times, but we are getting through it. Yep. The, um, the new normal, whatever that's going to mean. Which brings us nicely on yeah. the new build housing yeah. in these crazy times. So, so today, what we really want to cover is, um, as you know, there's been um, a lot in the press, um, even before COVID-19, we were talking about net zero, um, yeah. 2050, you know, the UK becoming a completely carbon zero. And of course, um, a key part of that is making our buildings um, carbon zero as well. And we've started um, on that road, as you know, yeah. um, the, uh, the Future Homes Consultation, which we finished earlier this year. So... Um, Let's just get started on that in terms of um, the past, uh, what's happened in terms of the building regulations, where we are now and where we're going on along this this big picture that we need to achieve for 2050. Yeah, I mean, you know, new build housing is obviously a huge thing in the industry. You're talking about 200,000 plus new homes being built every year. A lot of big players in the market, as we know, you know, big house builders. Um, huge, actually, a lot of them. Um, I think the biggest house builder last year did nearly 15,000 or just over 15,000 houses, which is a lot, isn't it? When, when you it's kind am- of think about it. It's amazing it. when you actually picture that number of yeah, houses. Do you know what? I've never worked out. Where did all the people live before? Like, why do we need that many new houses? I'm not against it. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's yeah. like, it's it's great for the industry. It's great for construction. But like 220 something 225,000 new build houses last year. That's a lot. It's incredible. Isn't it? Um, and for me, I think, obviously we could talk about placemaking and architecture and all that stuff and get into what societies are we creating today? You know, um, you can have a massive debate just about that in terms of you know, the, the built environment and what it is we're creating. Um, we could have a massive discussion about the green belts and where we build and how we should build and, um, but that's probably for another podcast. For me, the big thing is, are we designing homes and buildings that work with Mother Nature rather than fighting against Mother Nature? Because as we know, this is a big thing, by the way. This is like, you're going to think I'm nuts. But if you think about it, it takes a huge amount of material, doesn't it, to build a house? Huge. And I do get worried still about the way we do it, um, you know, the amount of concrete that we put into the ground, you know, the sort of air miles or shipping miles that some materials are doing, you know, bricks coming from the Far East, not all coming from the UK. You know, it's there's a whole thing, isn't there, about how we create and build something. And we, and we have yeah, this, yeah. you know, we have this debate with clothing and with food a lot. Do you know what I mean? How many air miles is it? t-shirt done and who made it and where was it done and is it sustainable 
Um, and we've had it with individual materials. So like there was a big debate, wasn't there, about timber years ago? You know, are they from renewable sources? Um, are they rated in a particular way? And I do think with our houses, we're still building in quite, uh, let's say, unecological way. I'm not quite sure like we sh- we're at the stand where we should be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. just being brutally honest about so the you're, industry. You're, you're yeah. talking about the, um, the, the the complete environmental impact, the embodied carbon, the processes. Yeah. Um, and the I mean, concrete yeah. is is one of the worst materials ever in terms of um, its impact on the environment. It takes a massive amount of energy yeah. to create concrete, um, and we still haven't really come up with a replacement for it, which I wish we had. You know, if you look online at replacements for concrete, it'll say like straw bale houses and stuff like that. Well, I mean, that's all lovely, but, you know, we're not going to build 220,000 straw bale houses over the next few years. Um, It might be nice, but we're just not going to do it. So I kind of, I don't know, I just, I think there needs to be quite a radical shift, I think, in terms of how we build homes. And, and that debate's happening, as I've said, with kind of clothing, cars, you know, how are they made? How green are our cars and transport and everything else? And housings, it's, you know, just a, even just to visualize 220 odd thousand new homes every year, you know, that's, that's like nearly, what, 18,000 houses a month? I haven't quite done the maths exactly. I mean, yeah, to finish 18,000 new so, homes every it's, month. It's a huge number. It's a lot, isn't it? And I think I think we owe it, um, you know, to the country, really, without getting too big about it, to, to kind of, and the planet, to build in a more ecological way. Okay. Um, and I do think we're taking too long, if I'm really honest with you. I think the government has made a few bold steps, but not, well... Everybody says they're never bold enough, are they? They, they could always no, go of course, further. you could always go. So let's talk about um, the current consultation. Yes, future So, I mean, you, you're basically saying um, we've really got to look at this. It's an incredible number of homes. That um, Those homes are going to be around for how long? Does an average home last? Well, there's, there's a debate just yep. in itself. Because like, if you think um, a lot of the old buildings that I might be refurbishing are 120, 150 years old, you know, okay. Edwardian Victorian buildings. Um, but there's a debate about how long new built houses are going to exist because there's all sorts of debates about build quality at the minute. Okay. But I mean, yeah, at a, step, at, a, at a push, I would say kind of, what, 75 years? That's wow. off the top okay. of my head. So let's assume they, you know, they're going to be around for 100 years, yep. you know, long after um, we've uh, yep. disappeared, no doubt. So you put those properties in the ground right now. The environmental impact of building a poor home or a poorly insulated home or a yeah. home that's um, not very sustainable in terms of how it heats, lights, etc. Yeah. Um, so looking at this consultation um, and this roadmap um, for future homes, which part of it is um, obviously the proposed changes to Part L. Um, I know you're, you've had a look. Um, yeah. You've been part of um, advising government um, yeah. in terms of what we should be doing sustainability. What's your thoughts at the moment in terms of, um, is it going far enough? Are we going quick enough um, on this roadmap? I'm, I'm obviously going to say yeah. no. You know, we're not going fast enough. I mean, we, government are, um, as we know, very, very good at making grand announcements. Um, getting there and delivering on those announcements and those targets is the hard bit, the really, really tough bit. Um, 
and I'm not sure if I'm, this is my cynical head, which I'm, it's, I'm very rarely cynical, as you know, I'm normally like an optimist. To set the targets that we've done to be zero carbon by 2050 means that we've got to move really, really quick when it comes to how we build and the homes that we're creating. In fairness, the future home standards, it's gone in the right direction. There's no doubt about that. Um, I wish we'd done it 10 years ago, but we didn't. So there's no point in crying over spilt milk. I think um, the government backtracked on zero carbon homes in 2016. You know, they yep. said all homes should be zero carbon from 2016. And they cancelled that. And then just a few years later, they go, you were going to be zero carbon by 2050. The entire country is going to be zero carbon by 2050. Well, why did you cancel the zero homes initiative that was supposed to come in in 2016? So, and I don't know why they did that. I still don't know why they did that, to be honest with you. Um, Maybe it's money. Maybe it's pressure in terms of, there's not a single housing minister that wants to be responsible for pushing up house prices. And there's always going to be an argument, I think, in the industry that the more we raise the eco standards of a building, the more it's going to cost. Okay. And, and that, but that's a big debate, isn't it, about cost and what we should be doing. But just because it costs a bit more money doesn't mean that we really shouldn't be doing it, to be honest with you. And actually, most of the cost of a house these days is in land. Okay. It's actually not in the bricks and mortar. You know, to build, just off the top of my head, to build, let's say, a very, very standard brick three-bedroom house to current building regulations, probably about 110, pounds £120,000, you know, but it could be on the market, depending on where you are in the country, for £400,000, because a lot has gone into the land. And that's a whole debate about planning and how we build and what we build and where we build and supply and demand, which we're not going to get into because that's a huge conversation in itself. So to answer your question, they're not moving fast enough, anywhere near fast enough. Um, and I think they need to be brave, much braver and bolder than they are, to be honest. So just, just that's, that's interesting, the figures you've mentioned there. So just let's just explore that in terms of the costs. Um and maybe one of the reasons, you know, 2016, as you know, with things like the Code for Sustainable Homes, it was on as a roadmap for us. Um, it didn't happen. But when we look at the consultation um, the government put forward, um, we have two options within the consultation. Option one, which is basically um, designed to reduce our carbon footprint at that property by 20% versus current regulations. Um, and that can be achieved from U-values um, and um, you know, d- decent fabric, essentially, and building very much as we are. And they've, they've put forward that, that that on cost would be something like just under £3,000 to achieve that. Um, the other and, lot- and let's be honest, if the average house price today is over 200000 quid, that's yeah. massive. I mean, that is huge. Like the rate of inflation in the property market has just been insane. Everybody will know this. You know, if you've been around for 30, 40, 50 years, house prices have just gone insane. You know, mad, really. So if the average house price is 200 grand for 3,000 pounds to be added on to that in the big scheme of things, it's not a lot, is it? No. It's one and a half percent, basically, to get a very good ecological house or a decent ecological yep. house. It's not at the highest standard, is it? Because it's just the fabric of the building. Yep. It's not um, add-on technology like air source heat pumps or solar panels or solar thermal or anything like that. But to me, that sounds like good value for money, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, it does. I mean, that's the minimum we should be doing though. Yeah, I mean, this is why I get a little bit frustrated, to be honest, because I do think we should, we've, we've known the issues about ecology and the built environment for a long, long, long time. 
And, you know, to be saying, should we spend £3,000 on average on every home in the fabric of the building to make it ecological? I think most people in Britain would go, yeah, we should. Why aren't we doing it already? Like, get on with it, basically. Yeah. And then that option two is about fabric of the building and technology. And technology, absolutely. So so option two, which... um, government seem to favour because it does actually represent better value uh, for reducing carbon. Um, 31% reduction versus current regulations. Average cost increase of around £4,500 per dwelling. Again, achieved by um, use of um, fabric and also low carbon renewable tech. So again, in terms of the on cost to a new property and what you're saving there, costs. I mean, that's amazing value for money, I think. And honestly, if let's say a house was on the market for, because it depends where it is, but let's say it's on the market for £300,000, right, to buy a house. And someone said, but for £305,000, you could have a really green house with amazing ecological, sustainable fabric of the building, insulation, et cetera. And you can have technology in it as well. You'd rip somebody's hands off for that. You would happily go that extra mile to do it. And- and also, I think what the the reason why government is in place, if you like, isn't just to you know, care for us now or manage the country now. It's about what we're going to be like in 10 years' time, 20 years' time, 30 years' time, 50 years' time. And if that building, as we've already mentioned, is around for 100 years, 100 years, split that four and a bit thousand quid, let's say five grand for argument's sake, over 100 years of the lifespan of that building, we're mad not to do it. And we have to do it if we're going to meet our targets of 2050 being zero carbon. So, I mean, I kind of, I don't know, I get really angry sometimes about (laughs) consultation for this, consultation for that. Let's have a consultation for five years and have a think about it. Sometimes I think, and we do this in the industry, we just scream and shout and go, just get on with it. Just do it. Um, And I think we need to. So if the government are going to literally bring in very, difficult, optimistic targets, you've got to move really quickly. You've got to be really decisive and get on with it. And I know COVID-19 has kicked in and the government's had other priorities, but we can't stop doing the right thing because there's a pandemic. Do you know what I mean? I know their their focus and priority has to be on saving lives. Of course it does, a million, million percent. But um, we've still got thousands and thousands of civil servants who all need to get on and do their jobs and manage the country and do the right thing. Do you know what I mean? So what I'd be, this has been delayed, hasn't it? The Future Home Standard. Yeah. They haven't made any announcement. The consultation's ended. The government is sitting on the information and they've not actually come out and announced anything. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. We were expecting an announcement sort of like um, last quarter this year, sort of autumn time, Um, but obviously because of the crisis, um, everything's been pushed back. But But if they don't come back with option two as a, absolute bare minimum and make it law and legislate for it, then I think that's a massive failure of government, basically. And, you know, we, we've talked before, I think we did it in the last podcast about, um, you know, all gas boilers being removed from new built houses by 2025. And that's not law yet, is it? I mean, no, that's just currently. something that they've kind of, they're recommending and talking about. And you just think, why is that not law? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is the reason? Now, the only reason that I can think of is that the government are worried about increased house prices. But we've already said if a house is going to be around for 100 years, 
with minimal extra cost. I mean, it's amazing when you've got that figure. What was it, 4,000? Yeah, 4,600 pounds. 4,600 pounds, yeah. and, and And the reason why that's such good value is because you're putting the technology into a new build project. You're not retrofitting. You're not taking out old boilers. You're not dealing with the old fabric of an old building. It's all brand spanking new. Yeah, as designed, and, yes. And as we know, new builds easier than retrofit. Yeah. As simple as that. Um, so that's amazing value for money, I think. It's like, is that not a no-brainer? Should well, we just it, be it doing seems it? to be. It seems to be. So let's, let's And we uh, should be doing it anyway. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. know if there's resistance from industry or whatever it might be, or I don't know. Is there someone in government going, we are not pushing up the average house price by £5,000. We are just not going to do it. Well, I'm sorry. The average house price has gone from something like fifty grand 20 odd years ago to being 200 and odd thousand pounds. Um, uh, There's a brilliant figure recently that said um, if food had increased at the same level and rate that house prices had, it would cost something like 50 odd quid for a chicken. So could you imagine they've gone to the supermarket and gone, yeah, I'll have a chicken for dinner tonight, 52 pounds. You wouldn't do it, would you? And that's how unaffordable housing's become, to be honest with you, because it's it's just gone through the roof. It's insane. I mean, I'm staggered when, you know, I, I look at a house that someone might have bought um, in, let's say, 2000s, you know, which is a long time ago now, mm. 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems like five <laughs> minutes ago, but it was 20 years ago. And, you know, they say, oh, yeah, I bought this house for, you know, £180,000. And you go, and how much is it worth now? They go, oh, 1.2 million. What? Yeah, we did a bit of work. We spent 80 grand on it and we did that and we did that. That is insane. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know, the government can't use increased house prices as an excuse for not doing this because house prices are nuts anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's like, just spend another five grand per house and do the right thing. The Mitsubishi Electric Ikadan Air Source Heat Pump switched from fossil fuels like oil, LPG and storage heaters to clean, renewable home heating. Visit ultraquietikadan.co.uk for more information. Ikadan, serious about sustainability. If we go to the bigger picture in terms of the UK as a whole, um, and this vision of net zero, which is based on um, an all-electric economy, essentially. You have this um, ultra-clean grid producing net zero. Yeah. So that means we're, we're moving in terms of transportation, heating, et cetera, to an electric economy. Yeah. Um, and therefore, we're looking at the technologies that make that happen. Um, you know, for example, you know, cars for transport, et cetera, electric cars, um, electric heating for homes, heat pumps for homes. So that's really the big picture. Yeah, but I think what's – I don't mean to be super negative all the time about government and government policy. In some ways, the country's doing brilliantly. Like, uh, you'll know this, it was announced just last week that for the first time ever in the history of this country, for two months, we didn't use any energy from coal-fired power stations. It was yep. all from clean energy. And that's amazing. You know, in some ways, we are – we're actually pushing quite hard and and being quite innovative when it comes to offshore wind, um, you know, solar panels generating a huge amount of energy. We are pretty good at it. You know, we're very good at it. When we want to do something, we are brilliant at it when we get on and do it. 
And that's why I think we need to do this with new builds because it's the right thing to do. All right. It's the right thing to do for the planet, but it's the right thing to do for the comfort of your home. Yes. So you're, you are living in a much better building, which is a healthier and better environment for you to live with your family. And it's reducing your energy bills. So when you put all those things together, you just think, get on with it. Like, let's just do it. And I get really envious of some other countries who have just got a very, I suppose, caring mindset to just get on and do the right thing. You know, places like New Zealand, just get on with it. They just do it. They just, they hardly even debate it. You know, they just go, this is what we're going to do because it's the right thing to do. Don't have to do a consultation for three years and think about it. Just get on and do it. In Scandinavia, fantastic. Parts of Germany, brilliant at it. Like really, really good. We are good at certain things. And that thing of using, you know, no coal-fired power stations for two months is amazing. I love all that. But we need that to go through to every single house in Britain, really. So if you were a house builder right now, um, looking at the the consultation future, um, you know, this hope option two does come out. What sort of things would you be thinking about? You know, we 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 seem to be a, in a global um, pinch point. Things are changing at a rapid yep. pace. Um, before COVID nineteen, um, we were very much focused on um, you know talking about Greta, we're talking about David Attenborough. The public are waking up right now to what they can do. Um, you know, we have one planet. You know that that, that yep. cliche. There's no there's no planet B. Yes. Um, as a house builder, um, what do you think the right things to do now? Um, you know, in advance of the consultation, what would you be doing? What would you be thinking about in this changing world? Well, I think with the next generation coming through, who are, I think, way greener. They're much greener in, the, in terms of the way they think. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 46 years old. Like the green agenda was hardly talked about when I was a kid, to be honest with you. We talked about the rainforest a little bit. We talked about getting rid of CFCs in cans. You remember like yeah, sprays yeah. and deodorants, let's get rid of that stuff. You know, we were still using leaded petrol when I was yeah. a kid. And like, that just seems nuts now. I think it's a really exciting time because I think the younger generation coming through, you know, just coming through university or just finishing school, are always thinking about where something's come from how it's made, how green is it, you know, how sustainable is it? I think another thing that's really important is things like mental health and well-being. Um, and I've seen some houses that have been built that are awful, you know, really tiny rooms, minimal amounts of natural light, air quality not brilliant, you know, and I think that is quite detrimental to how you're going to live. And I think we live in a culture now where people are talking more about health well-being, just feeling happy. You know, there's lots of reports out there about kind of happy home initiatives and what we should do to make homes feel like happier, healthier, nicer places to be. And the spaces around the homes as well is really important, I think. And we've got a huge issue in Britain just with the number of cars. So it's great that cars have become more affordable and more accessible for many people. But on my estate when I grew up, there wasn't that many cars around, weirdly. And I go back to my mum's house on the same estate and there's now cars parked on the main road, not within the estate, because in the estate, all the car parking spaces have gone because homes have maybe got two, three, possibly even four cars per household. You know, if mum and dad have got their own car and you've got a couple of kids 
and they get to 18 and pass their test. And they're like, no, I want a car as well. So all of a sudden you can have like three, four car families. Um, so it's not just about the home itself. It's what's around it. I think it's really important. But I think if I was a house builder right now, a mass house builder, I'd be thinking about kind of shaking up my product in a very innovative, radical, green way to appeal to that generation that are coming through that are going to demand that. I think now they're, they're, they're seeing it in so many parts of their life that they want to start seeing it in housing, I think. Yeah. And I think the industry's got to change for that. Okay. I mean, if I, you know, it would cost a bit more money. And so what basically the situation is that we want government to legislate for a higher ecological standard. That's what we want, because then it becomes, in effect, a level playing field for every house builder to meet those standards. So everybody has to do it. At the minute, I think it's quite hard for a, a house builder to take a massive step themselves to be super green when somebody else can build a house at a lower standard. Do you see what I mean? So their product, although it might be an awful lot better, hugely better than another one that's out there, it's going to cost a bit more money. So that's quite difficult for them commercially, I think. So as you say, you spoke about the homes that are built. Is this a supply-demand thing that they're all built so that so that people, if the, if the home isn't built as such good quality as maybe you want, they're, they're sold anyway. Is that what you're saying? It's a, yeah, it's like yeah. everything that's built sells. Simple as that because there's so much demand and such a lack of supply. Any house that is built now by a big house builder will sell. It just will. I guarantee you it'll sell. It might take a bit of time depending on what the economic circumstances are, but at some point it will sell. So I think it's quite hard for big house builders to just go, do you know what? We're going to do this anyway. Forget about government. Forget about legislation. We are going to increase the green standards way beyond the building regulations. And we're going to put on an air source heat pump and we're going to put on solar panels and we're going to put double the amount of insulation in the walls way beyond the building regs. Well, that's going to be quite tough for them because there's going to be a cheaper house somewhere else and they might not be able to sell that product. Now, what you might get is a different generation coming through. Actually, I shouldn't even say a different generation because I think even elderly people are becoming more aware of ecology and sustainability. So people of any age could say, well, actually, I want to buy that better product. I'm happy to spend more money because it's going to reduce my fuel bills, create a happier, healthier home. So I'm going to do that. But that's quite a tough decision for them as well. Do you know what I mean? So that's why we need government to to legislate, to raise the standard for everybody to do it. And it's, without getting into money too much, it's hard for a house builder without increased legislation to pay for all of that technology and increased ecological fabric of the building because they're not really going to make the return on it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a, it's, it's the, for the benefit of the homeowner to have reduced fuel bills over the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years. The house builder's not going to benefit from that unless they charge more money for the house. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. So if government don't legislate, I'm worried that it's just not going to happen. Okay. And then I think we might get a generation of people going, I don't know what will happen, what will happen, who knows? I haven't got a, I haven't got a kind of glass magic ball. Because they, they might just say, well, I'm not going to buy a house like that. Yeah, I've got my green car. I've, I eat ecological, sustainable foods. You know, when you think about Greta Thunberg, you know, my kids are staggeringly green now because of her. And my kids won't buy stuff from certain places 
and they're not doing it in some like weird way. They're just like, no, no, that I think it's the right thing for me to not do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it might get to the stage that, um, you know, someone goes to see a house, new build house somewhere and just goes, I am not going to get a massive mortgage to live in that because it's not good enough. I want to do something really green and sustainable. The problem they've got, unfortunately, in this country is that there's not enough self-built. Um, yeah, you go to New Zealand and places like that, everybody builds their own house practically. <laughs> it's amazing. They sell plots. You know, the big house builders will sell plots for you to build a new house. And um, so that kind of self-built DIY mentality is amazing in other parts of the world. And we don't do it enough, which is a shame. So if they don't buy that house, what are their other options? Do you know what I mean? But I think, I just think it comes back to the same point. I think we need to have a, a cultural change in Britain and it's starting to happen where I think we all should want to do the right thing and go, you know, we're going to design houses that are better, more sustainable, greener, because it's the right thing to do and it's what people want. Yeah. And I think if we're all, if we all culturally shift with our housing to that level, then I think it's a brilliant thing for the country. It's actually quite an exciting opportunity, to be honest with you. I think if we miss it, it's going to be a shame. Um you know, I've got an educational charity called Moby and it's about inspiring young kids um, through home and home innovation and home design to deal with all different aspects of their life, to be honest with you, because home is the most important piece of architecture in your life. I mean, we're sitting in a lovely building now. It's not my house. So it's fabulous. But my home's a really, really special place, you know, where my kids grow up and it crafts who you are. It's a really special piece of architecture. And I think when young people come through a lot of our design challenges that Moby does, we set challenges for them. So we'll say, just off the top of my head, one could just be design your absolute dream ecological house and we'll give them a few weeks to do it. The stuff that they come back with is amazing. It's so cool. Like it's really exciting. And I I live in hope that we start creating very green buildings and green homes across Britain that those kids really want to live in. Some great points there, George. Um, time's flown. Let's let's yeah, just. Sorry, let's, that was a very yeah. very long answer to a very short question. Let's um let's just talk about um option two of the um, future homes consultation. Yep. We finish up on um on this fi- final point because I know you've got some experience here. Um, option two apparently of the regulations in the Part L is is saying that um, increase U values and some renewable technology um, and developers can basically um, pass planning. Um, with that that's that's what the consultation says um electric heating um air source heat pumps mm-hmm. um, has been put forward as one of the technologies yeah. there's a range of technologies that can help with option two air source heat pumps can do all the homes heating all the homes hot water um we know you experience with heat pumps in terms of um, a development with heat pumps um going forward what, what what's your thoughts on that in terms of uh you know challenges and living with one well, again, I just think it's a no-brainer. Genuinely, I do. It's it's clean technology. It's, you know, if your electricity is from, you know, renewable energy, it's brilliant. You are not using gas and you're not using oil. And, you know, if we're going to try and decarbonize our economy and our built environment, it's an absolute no-brainer. You know, we've got to do it. You know, and we, we know that oil is going to run out at some point and gas is going to run out at some point. The debate is when, you know, some people will tell you 50 years, some people say it's a hundred years, um, but it's going to run out. So we've got to do things differently. And I think it's brilliant in the industry that it is moving in that direction. It is really good, isn't it? I mean, you know, the conversations that you must have, you know, 
at Mitsubishi Electric about how you can make something greener and you know more ecological and more cost effective. I mean, that's the beauty of innovation, isn't it? We're always striving to to make technology more accessible to more people. You know, you think about smartphones; it's it's like mad, isn't it? I mean, the the development in smartphone technology is off the scale, amazing. You know, and I, and I love that. And with with cars, we know there's massive R and D done there. It would be my criticism of the house building industry generally is that I don't think we do enough research and development. So if you think in the car industry, they're constantly doing R and D. Um, you know, Dyson spends something like seven million quid a week on R and D. That's a big investment, and it's a brave, bold investment. He doesn't have to do it. But he wants a company that's constantly striving and testing and pushing the boundaries of engineering, you know, to make products for us that improve our quality of life. And I kind of wish we did more R&D about home design and home innovation in the country. It's, it's a shame that we don't really. And that's why I set up Moby, to try and create that kind of cultural shift. But I'd, I'd love to be able to go around an estate and think, no one's got a gas boiler, no one's got an oil-fired boiler, and they're using clean green technology to heat and power their homes. It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be a really, be really lovely thing. And I, I said before, I think in a previous podcast we did that with my air source heat pump, without sounding all pretentious about it, every time I see it, I feel kind of happy that I'm using green technology to heat my home. I'm not going to look at my gas guzzling boiler and go, that's a great bit of technology that, that makes me feel really good. Because it doesn't make me feel good because we're using a resource that's going to run out. And that's actually damaging for the environment. So, you know, the option to, you know, on the future home standard, as I say, we should just get on with it. Yeah. It's an opportunity. Let's not miss it. Well, the government has set the target. It's their target. They want to do it. So get on with it and do it. You know what I mean? George, thank you. It's It's been great. Absolute pleasure. So there you have it. New Build Homes, the future of home heating in the UK. Huge thanks to my guest, George Clark, for coming on the show. Again, thank you, George. Thank you all for listening. And please share, subscribe, rate and review the Ecodan Serious About Sustainability podcast. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.